Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on May the 17th, 2012. For newcomers, I always suggest you make use of CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. You'll find other sites listed there. These are all the official sites that I have and they all carry audios for download. There's over, well over a thousand audios for download where I try and describe the big system we're born into, uh, how it got to be this way. Uh, and where it's going as well. Nothing is happening by chance. You'll find out it's a very old plan to bring the world into uh, a, a global government, basically, but a whole new way of living and doing things run by scientific elites and economists and um, specialists of all kinds. And it's been here for quite some time, actually, and it's really showing its muscle today as they get rid of what they call, you know, useless democracy. Democracy doesn't work, they claim, at the Club of Rome. There's too many competing uh, factions all vying for power. So basically, they're bringing in this new system and they're training the public very quickly and easily, in fact, to accept this new system by getting the public to even put all their data up on Internet for all the corporations and agencies to use and study them minutely. So help yourself to the audios. And remember, too, they all carry transcripts in English for a print-up on all the sites. And if you go into Alan Watt, sentinel.eu you can download um, transcripts in other languages remember too you are the audience that bring me to you and uh, I don't uh, get paid for what I do and I don't have shares in anything sold and uh, I don't bring on, on guests who sell you things either so if you want to keep me going you can buy the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com I'll give you a clue into how old the system of chronology that's why I call it chronology it's the ability to trick millions of people into a system of government and to be subservient to that system. And how it, as soon as it's developed, of course, once it's in power, it immediately goes off in a different direction after the first generation have come to accept it as being quite normal. Very old system, very well understood, and archives, believe you me, in history are not lost. They're always collected because you never throw away the power over others and the sciences and how to do it. So from the U.S. to Canada, if you want to purchase the books and discs, you can always use a personal check or an international postal money order from the post office, or you can use cash, send cash, or you can use PayPal. Across the world, Western Union, MoneyGram, and PayPal once again. Most folk don't know we're in the middle of an incredible, incredible battle. And even when they think that they know, they really don't know how deep this goes because it, it literally includes every facet of not only your life, but even the way that you are trained to think and decipher things and break things down, even where your opinions come from. 
Most opinions are simply brought to you through osmosis and repetition by experts from a thousand sources. Just repetition of the same things over and over, like global warming or weapons of mass destruction, uh, climate change. These are all just repetitions because a much, much bigger game is at play as they bring in a totally controlled society. And that's what all the climate change stuff is really all about. It's the, it's the giving themselves at the top the right, with your consent being silent, to, to lord it over you, right down to the time which will come pretty shortly where you'll be unable in, uh, to actually get a permit to have a child unless you pass all the eugenics testing. And, the, of course, the financial testing, too, they both go together in eugenics, really. So it's a, it's a tremendous program that's minutely controlled, and anything that happens in your country, guarantee you, any law that's passed has been passed simultaneously across every country across the world uh, at the same time. And um, sometimes it's maybe six months behind another, but they all get there before the year is out. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. People have no idea really how old the system is because everything goes back centuries. Everything's happening today goes back centuries because a long time ago, very powerful, wealthy people, international merchant bankers basically, uh, they ran the whole trade routes and shipping lines. They owned all the shipping lines and the ships and cargoes uh, got together a long time ago and what they always do when they form a little cabal or a club, call it whatever you want to call it, they, they want to make sure that they always have control into the future for their own offspring. And there's nothing new in that at all. You'll see the same families, for instance, that formed the British East India Company and in England, uh, along with the royal families, of course, too. And um, the same names crop up down through the centuries to the present time. Very important people, very, very wealthy people. And, uh, of course, this, this really came out of feudalism, in a sense. And it's no coincidence that it's going back into feudalism. In fact, we're really under it, in a sense, because big international corporations really have taken over every aspect of our lives and many, many of the functions of government, too. Some of them, too, these international corporations, have as many uh, bureaucrats working for them as your own federal governments do. It's incredible. And they have them all across the world, all different departments. So they, they wanted a world government, of course, because it was too messy to allow people to have basic freedoms and choose what they want to work at and, uh, or to study or, to, or who to marry, if at all, and things like that, and have children. So they created all the government agencies that would start interfering gradually, of course, as services into the lives of everyone, and they would guide us along. You always guide the herd along, you see, and you need shepherds to do that. So the shepherds begin with nice smiling faces, and end up with badges of authority. Similar to what Lenin talked about uh, when he first got in, in fact, and into the Soviet Union. And uh, he said that this system would last about a generation. He was in on the big acts, remember, and he was backed by the big bankers and trained by them too. He wasn't a little working class guy. 
And um, he said this all about a generation or so, and then the East will merge with the West. The socialism, capitalism would come together and form something not quite one or the other. And, of course, then it's backed, that's backed up with uh, the Rees Commission, as I said, done in the 1950s, where the Congress uh, investigation into the tax-free foundations, because we were funding all the left-wing, I mean, communist systems, in fact, straight blatant communism systems in America and the West, they, they admitted that uh, they were taking their orders from the White House. And not only that, their job was to blend the Soviet system with that of the West, first through the schooling systems. That's why there's so many communist teachers in university uh, teaching communism. And then they would start churning out experts, basically, to help run things. And that's what's taken over experts and everything. So it's all been done step by step, stage by stage, intergenerationally to the present time. Part of the old manifesto too, uh, and even before the, the, the Marx came out with the manifesto, he talked about the merging of Europe. All the countries would come into a single uh, governments, and then the Americas, and then a far eastern region with Australia, New Zealand, and, and perhaps even China in it too, which has come to pass. And um, of course, they'd all have their own form of government, but they would be like provincial governments under a world government. And so they set up the League of Nations and then the United Nations to bring this about. And the same merchant banker boys and their sons started up their own issue of international affairs. And they, in fact, created the League of Nations and the United Nations. So don't think the United Nations is independent in any way at all. They're bought and paid for, and they're a front organization to bring in a system which many people see as purely communistic. And it definitely has all of these, these attributes in, in, in all of its, um, mandates. But that's the way that the bankers wanted it to be. Because communism, you see, uh, they replace in any deity, doesn't matter what deity it is, they replace it with science. And science is supposed to be logical, and therefore scientists would eventually run the world, the statisticians, etc. And so uh, we're, we're well on the way, and the trick was then, as Carl Quigley said, who was the historian for the Council on Foreign Relations, which is the American and American branches, they have them all over the world, for the Royal Institute of International Affairs, he, he said the new system would be a new feudal system they're bringing in. And... Uh, In a new feudal system, of course, you don't have democracy. It says the new feudal overlords would be the CEOs of international corporations. And and that's what we have. That's what we have. People prattle on and prattle on about democracy, but for about 50 years, uh, every government has been busy every day of the week uh, having their members meet with lobbyists from international corporations all across the world. Never mind the people. You, You can't even get a letter answered to your politician because he's too busy talking to in person or having dinner with lobbyists. And people still go on with the pretense of democracy, something they've never had. You know, never really was there at all. But it kept everybody from revolting every every five, six years. Uh, you always vote the last bunch out and you vote the new bunch in, hoping it's going to be better. But for those with a memory at all, well, they'll know that uh, you should eventually catch on that it doesn't matter who gets in. And Quigley said the same thing to uh, both sides are owned completely by the Royal Institute of International Affairs, comes from foreign relations, and that for even in the 1960s, he says for the last 60 years, you haven't had a president in America that wasn't a member and put in by this group that comes from foreign relations. So 
This is a, an amazing plan, but we're all living through it, as I say. And right now, they're going through the, the, the forced amalgamation of Europe into deeper and deeper integration. They're almost like trying to cram them all in with the boots into a barrel and stuff them in and boot them in and make, make everything fit. It's not meant to fit because you have all these cultures who, who, with different traditions, different histories, all forced to come into this, this new entity uh, that, that uh, is supposed to uh, be called Europe, and you're, you're certainly European. And if you were asked the French about what they think about that, they'll tell you. They'll like all the benefits they get because they've got more grants given to them than anybody else, I think, through it. But... Um, they don't like uh, anybody outside France. It's just the way it is inside France. They, they, they are naval gazers. And other countries don't like it either. And then you have this remote parliament idea that is not democratic. Even the ex-Soviet bloc country leaders, uh, ex-leaders have said that too. It's, it's more Soviet than the Soviet Union. You have a commission at the top that is, are the bosses. They don't, they don't even know who they all are because they won't publish them. And these are going to run millions of people across Europe, you see. The secretive bunch at the top. The European politicians can grandstand and, and lambast each other, but they can't even uh, turn down a vote. They have no voting powers. So it's utter, utter, utter farce. And the Americas, too, has to become the same way. The American unification under, under the free trade agreements and then NAFTA. And we've had many other agreements since. Uh, to integrate all the borders. And we're, we're completely integrated with the U.S. to do with importation, taxation, and uh, sharing of all data on all citizenry. So we're technically we're all pretty well there. All that we don't have yet is a, is a, a parliament based on uh, the, the type that Europe's now got, this, this Brussels parliament. And then the Far East Pacific Rim region, of course, China or Beijing is the big boss at the moment, and the rest of the countries end up being like colonies. So they're determined to, to ram something that Karl Marx talked about in the 1800s down everyone's throats because it benefits this shadowy group behind it all who fomented revolutions, mind you, and they like socialist-type systems where the people just obey uh, and jump to it when they're told to by any authority. And they prefer lending money uh, to governments, uh, to their leaders, rather than to go around everybody in the country saying, do you mind if we, you know, do you want to borrow money from us, please? And then, of course, the government sets up its agencies to collect the taxes back to pay them all back for these loans that they keep getting. So it's a complete racket, beautiful racket, though it's worked so long for so long, and most folk can't think their way out of it. Now, most folk who think they've woken up haven't woken up at all. They're simply being affected by what's happening with all the sudden changes, massive unemployment everywhere uh, in all the countries right across Australia, uh, the sudden new um, increases in all types of energy, all your fuels are, are just skyrocketing because that's the agenda starting in the Kyoto and down through all the other agreements have signed at the United Nations since and more to be signed this year, very, very shortly, in fact, next month, because you'll be presented with the Rio 20 plus 12 uh, agreements. And I've no doubt they've, they've already drafted up 10,000 pages or more. And I'm sure the bosses have already signed it too. The meeting is just a formality and a get-together where they all kiss each other and do other things too and eat a lot of food. And, of course, all the press go to town because of the, the big dignitaries that attend it. And, of course, all your non-governmental organizations will be there. 
uh, all your big foundation leaders that fund the NGOs will all be there. And all the international corporation bosses will all be there as well, all in bed together, promoting what appears to be, on the one hand, a totalitarian, tyrannical type of system, because you won't be able to heat yourself eventually without permission, folks. You won't be able to get anything to to cook with without their permission down the road. They are going to soak you because this is the new kind of industry they're bringing in, based on privileges to live. You understand? And that's how you live off the big bulk herd, as off the cash they'll all pay for privileges to live in your system. Of course, you'll phrase it differently, and no one will come out and say it directly except me, but that's really the system that's going to be. They want everyone else just to go along with it bit by bit until you're totally living a regimented life from birth to death. We see that now with the, in Scotland. They're going to track children right through their whole life now from birth to death. That was set up by Sarkozy for Scotland. Isn't that nice to this Mr. Sam and the strange guy in Scotland who I don't think belongs there? But anyway, this is a system that's coming in very fast. And so they're going to hang on to climate change because everything is banked upon it to, as an excuse for us all to become austere. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. We're back cutting through the matrix and as I say, they're, they're ramming uh, all the, the financial scares through as well at the same time, the big boys. And there's not that many of them really uh, that, that manage the whole world's supply of cash. The big boys, the really big boys, the guys that slosh around each about 200 billion a day on the stock market. I mean, it's just incredible. Uh, you know, 200 families all together really do all this kind of thing. Every day, they make countries crash, they lift other countries up, and they can make life heaven or hell. It depends on how they, they basically place their bets. And of course, the whole system is rigged because these guys know that. They set it up a long time ago, and they never fail. So they, they thrive off crisis, and they profit incredibly off, off crisis creation as well. But in China, of course, that's holding the debt for the U.S., it used to be Japan, and once they changed it in China and gave them all the factories, then China was left with all the debt. And it says that real estate crash in China is underway. Foreign funding is down 80%. That's because everyone's scared stiff, especially in Europe, because uh, they've got them um, an upheaval with all of the incredible money they've all, each country's been borrowing to throw into this black hole as to plug Greece that keeps, doesn't want to float. And this is what they tell us. As I say, we've no proof of where the cash goes or anything else. All you've got really is, is prime ministers who've, who've got another debt that they've signed with you as, as basically the, the guarantors to pay it up. So it's a fantastic thing. That you get nothing back for it. You don't get any nice shiny car or nothing or a big rocket ship. You just get this bill and debt, you see. It's a fantastic thing for the banks. They love it. Anyway... The real estate funding of the foreigners is down 80%. Land sales are down 57% in China. And starts down 27%. Expect Chinese GDP to plunge. So everyone affects everyone else in this wonderful global system. That's what bankers love, you see. We've got everything connected with everything else. And you get massive change coming out of this, of course. Massive change. Apart from unheard of profits for the ones who are betting and all. 
Inquiring Minds are reading an excellent report by China Real Estate Unravels by Patrick Chovanek, a professor at Tsinghua University School of Economics and Management in Beijing, China. It confirms many of the things that this Mish, of course, said would happen in regards to the Chinese real estate bubble and the GDP. And it says developers burdened by 70% leverage ratios and loans are threatening to come due, which are threatening to come due, rushed to complete projects already in the pipeline to put those units onto the market and raise cash. That rush to complete inflated real estate investments allegedly up 23.5% in the first quarter. Other statistics from the report tell the real story. And it tells you all the different parts that are down the year on year sales. And Q1 for all real estate was down 14.6%. Residential property sales down 17.5%. Office sales down 10.2%. And the sales in January, February were disaster falling 20%, uh, over 20% overall. Compared to the first two months in 2011, which is 24.7% for residential. It goes on and on and on with everything plummeting in China right now. And it's quite a long list actually. But uh, it, it's quite something. And as I say, the, the big boys have got something big to come out of all of this. Something awfully big, obviously. What it does do is it all this trains the public, who are always nervous, you say. But ner- you know, when the comedy's off and, and you actually hear the news and, and they, they tell you to be very nervous, then you become very nervous. And uh, out of being fearful and nervous, you give more power. It's a kind of mental energy, a psychic uh, granting to the big boys that you're giving yourself over to them so that they can save you. That's how it really works in a sense, you see. So, as I say, that's uh, the GP analysis for for Mrs. Global Economic Trade Trend Analysis, which is generally pretty accurate. And... Then you go into Europe, and it says the Euro survival requires political union. So, again, out of crisis, they get what they want. And that's what they see in Council and Foreign Relations. It's one of their favorite sayings. How can we make this crisis benefit us? How can we get the most out of this present crisis? And it says treating the currency union was not a random act of collective economic suicide, but was in some senses a rational or even noble project that was either premature or too late. This is from the BBC, of course, that are part of the British, they really are a front for the British government's propaganda. The tragedy was that a succession of post-war leaders, whose intentions would be seen as, by many as honourable, made a series of disastrously ill-timed decisions. Then they go through some of what they think were the ill-timed decisions, for instance. But the, the fact is, uh, this will end up the way that was planned to end up, the whole thing, and they want to further integrate. With every crisis that comes along, they further integrate all the laws of every country into and under the European Parliament, the super parliament that they have, which, of course, as it says, undemocratic. So that's what they really want to get out of it. And, and again, too, don't worry, because they can always make you more and more austere as they borrow more and more cash from these un, unknown people. These, these, you have to borrow money from international lenders who, who always remain unknown. Isn't that amazing? Utter farce. But again, this is what they're giving you. And they're trying to terrify the public in the process to get ready for massive austerity. Because you see, under their climate change and, and plan and all the rest of it, you have to learn how to be a post-consumerist society. I said this years ago, you'll have to, all your spending money will eventually go in fees and privileges and fuel 
and, and very basic necessities as they feed you this, this rubbish they call GM and pesticide-soaked food to kill you off with cancers, which is happening massively right now. You think it's all a mistake? Of course you do, because you don't want really to think the world's that bad, do you? And that you got to get over that one. Back with more after this. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix and talking about this massive system, incredible system, micromanagement from so many different agencies that monitor our entire lives all the time. But they need a, a cooperation. We're very cooperative people because we've been trained and domesticated over a long period of time. And uh, you have to go into governments and the histories of governments and the techniques that they used on the people to get them to be compliant on things. It's a tremendous science, you know. And uh, they know every trick in the book and how to get you to simply go along with every step of any agenda. Very old, old sciences. But they, they always need our complicity in our own demise, and we're awfully good at doing it too and giving it to them. Uh, look at the Internet in itself and how the Internet came in, just little games to start with, and then guys that would put up their own little email uh, sites, etc., and boards. And, uh, and the whole time, remember, the whole system came out of the military-industrial complex that were using an Internet long before we'd ever heard of it. And they never let it go, and they knew where they wanted it to go, but step by step, over a few years, they've got everybody putting all their data up. Everybody wants to be an American idol or a British idol or whatever idol they want to be in any country. And they just throw it all up there. The children are encouraged in school to do it by their teachers. And the open society is supposed to come out of it where there's, there's, no, there's no secrets anymore, of course. And then they give you fake front people, too, to put up sites who become multimillionaires, and you believe the rubbish they put out about them. They're front people. You're looking at big military corporations behind this, the ones that supply the military for everything. So anyway, you can't help people. In some countries like Australia, they're just now finding out about the the state-sponsored or bought laptop computers for students that they want all the students to have. came out here a few years ago, and I remember reading them on the air, what they were doing in the U.S. and Canada by these special application companies. And you had, you had headmasters and teachers snooping into people's homes, of course, what they were up to, live, just not just taking little shots of them, but live too, and listening to the chat going on at home. A spy, you're bringing home a darn spy that's bugged to spy on you. And the folk are so stupid. And domesticated, they think it's okay. I mean, you can't help people like that. You honestly cannot help people like that when they're so domesticated. Now remember the, the definition of domestication, and you have to go into farming to see what it really means. And where farmers who hundreds of years would breed out the, the, the stock that would give them trouble, more wildness in them, they want to escape or get the rest of the hair to stampede or something, and you and you inbreed the ones that are passive and passive and passive. Today we get it through our food and our inoculations and our IQ drops, and then we get overdosed with television that keeps us in a, in a, in a dual reality 
of fiction. They can tell you the nastiest, horriblest thing on the news, and then comes some laughing joker afterwards, uh, and everything's okay again. It's schizophrenic. It's a technique, you understand. TV is the most dangerous thing you can have, apart from laptops that also spy from the, for the government on you. Anyway, it's his big brother, Lulu Purnell, questions the need for home monitoring. The pro- a program installed on some state governments take home students' laptops not only allows teachers to control the computers remotely in class, but also to take name and time-stamped screenshots, monitors, printing, visits to websites, and keystrokes. The whole thing's a bug, folks. And you should toss it out the window. One mother was, uh, has provided proof her daughter's high school issued laptop, stored timed snapshots of movies watched on the computer, the background screensaver, and claims that even a Skype screenshot was stored. But as I say, this all came out in the States and, and Canada years ago. They're just catching up there with the same scams that are going on. This doesn't stop at the school, by the way, this data. It goes to other sources as well. Uh, and so it's up to you. Be stupid uh, or, or, you know, think for yourself. If you want to think for yourself, you've got to take chances, folks. You've got to take chances. You know, there's, there's no cotton wool uh, landing here. You've got to stand up and say, that's enough. Simple as that. The most won't, but don't bother with, with the rest of the most. Forget them. Their condition has gone too far to help them anyway. Now, this, this whole climate situation, climate change, which has changed from global warming since they couldn't make it warm. And they came up with global, with just climate change, you see. Uh, and uh, everything has been banked on climate change since at least the 1970s when the Club of Rome tasked themselves, really, uh, to come out with their, their books and, and their papers on the coming uh, climate change. But they called it global warming at that time. A few years earlier, the same bunch were call, calling for the, the coming ice age. So they used the same authors, uh, and then this is just reversed and put it down as coming uh, global warming. And that kind of fell flat too, as the weather has been pretty well much the same as always. We've had all the the crisis creation of melting ice caps that never happened, and, and all of the rest of the rubbish that they've given us. It shows you that this is a, a must-be. Understand, everything banks on, on bringing in a carbon credit system, which they're already trading with. The big corporations are all for it. That should tell you enough right there. The big corporations are all for this carbon trading system. And right down to forcing austerity on people to save the planet. And then when you find out who the Club of Rome members are and the ones who put it all out, now you find it's the same bunch who are involved with all these international corporations, which they help set up, who are going to benefit from the vast amounts of billions and billions of dollars brought in by carbon taxes. And, of course, renewable energies, all funded by you, the taxpayers, because you you fund it. You're, they're given grants for their windmills to go round and round and kill the birds and, and blow away in a storm and all that kind of nonsense, you see. They can't fail in this massive, massive global scam. And the more they, they come out with their global meetings and the more coverage the media gives them, it's all meant to make it more solidified in your mind that they're somehow part of a super government. No, they're not. They're all private corporations and institutions and non-governmental organizations uh, that are all funded by foundations initially. But the money they're going to rake in personally is astronomical when everyone is a slave to this thing called climate, which is just a way of saying 
how much is it going to cost you to live on this? How much are you costing the planet in your lifetime to live? It's a privilege to live, to breathe, etc., etc. That's what they talk about. This is a new system of microcontrol. And they're training the public that everything's a privilege. And they accept it, most of them. Fees, licenses, yada, yada, yada. Remember, it's a whole new way of living. Everything will get compared to this so-called climate chart every every year and so on. And experts will decide how much you're going to pay, how much you can buy, or how much you're going to pay for your garbage to get put away. That everything you purchase will have carbon taxes on it, energy taxes on it. How much energy did it take to make this chocolate bar? And the wrapper too. And that's all going to end up out of your pocket. Who's going to benefit the guys who, who deal with trading the carbon credits and taxes? Massive private organization under the guise of science. Anyway, trend burst missing, heat still missing. The new paper shows a near flat ocean temperature trend, 0.09 degrees centigrade over the past 55 years. And um, that's from what's up with that, to, to, to further debunk it. Now, we could, we could debunk this stuff to our blue in the face. It's not going to change them. They're having their global meetings coming up now, uh, next month. And uh, believe you me, they can't go back on this. This is totalitarian tyranny, utter tyranny. And it's all they can do when, when they can't bluff anymore is just order you about. And that's what's going to come down, you see. It's a strong, positive, linear trend in, uh, and it exists in world ocean heat content since 1955. One third of the observed warming occurs in the 700 to 2000 meter layer of the ocean. The warming can only be explained by the increase in atmospheric GHGs, it says here. I'll put this up to show you that literally, even it, they ramp everything up by three times. The supercomputers, you know, these wonderful, perfect computers that give you scary scenarios. And um, so literally, uh, even with their own scenarios here, it's gone up 0.09 degrees centigrade, even if they're telling the truth, over the past 55 years, meaning zilch. Zilch is what it is. So this latest theory that they're, they're brandishing about um, is debunked again. It doesn't matter, though. It won't matter. They say these guys have to ram this through. Everything counts on it for this whole global system of theirs, this world governmental system, the transformation of society, etc., which they love to talk about. And that means your whole way of living. Think of how it's been already radically altered since 1960, 1970, 1980, 1990, 2000 to the present. Radically altered. All the generations too, utterly radically altered. Everyone's got friends. No one's got re- real friends at all. It's all acquaintances, but they call them friends. Everybody's isolated on a computer playing away with sock puppets answering them back and altering their opinions on things. And they don't even know it or care. Now, so many studies do go on throughout society all the time, all the time. The studies on you every day, even just using your computer by many, many departments, including the Pentagon. That came out from the Pentagon years ago, and I read it on the air. But also, you have police doing studies on you too. This article came out from Cryptagon, and it was Minneapolis cops offer illegal drugs to people for impairment studies. They were using students going out of school. 
And there's a video here where you actually see it going on. So there are a couple of good lessons here. First, of course, is that the cops are filth and flagrantly carry out felonies with impunity. Second, there seems to be no shortage of zombies who are content to get wasted on whatever substances the cops are handing out. Who knows what the study participants were actually dosed with. But uh, the says... um, Video documentation by local activists and independent media show that police officers and county deputies from across Minnesota have been picking up young people near PV Plaza for a training program to recognize supposedly drug-impaired drivers. They pick up the students to take them for a drive. They get them high on something to observe them. Multiple participants say officers gave them illicit drugs and provided other incentives to take the drugs. The Occupy movement present at PV Plaza since April 7th appears to be targeted as impaired people are dropped off at the plaza and others say they've been rewarded for offering to snitch on the movement. So I'll put that one up there too to show you the kind of things that are going on at home. It's not just the rest of the world that's getting hammered by the American military. There's so much internally going on as well. It's just incredible. No country has, even if you, if you put all the, the tyrannies of the 20th century together, came close as a police state and observation state that the U.S. currently has, and Britain too, and Canada too. Canada's a bit quieter about it at the moment. But uh, the, 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 all combines, way beyond all things that we could imagine, is, is, are, are all here, this new system. Now, again, one of the, the main culprits, culprits which is, uh, was put up there with a the front man, of course, uh, by, again, the military-industrial complex in the NSA. Um, if you read the story, the real story, not the movie version, but the real story is completely different. Uh, you just don't come along and offer millions and millions of dollars to some little student. No, but you do need a front man. I mean, if, you, if, if they told you who they really were that was putting out Facebook, for instance, would, would you really go into it? You understand? You're, you're conned all the time. Anyway, the Facebook deal worth, worth $100 billion that will make Bono, Bono the guy, you know the guy who's always telling the governments to borrow money and give it to third world countries that always go bankrupt, and then we, the citizens, have to pay off that debt. And then he wants another one after that's happened. Bono, you know, the world's richest rock star. So he's in big time now with investments with Facebook. And it says, uh, tomorrow Wall Street will invite the world to buy shares in Facebook and take what is expected to be a $104 million billion gamble on its guiding light, Mark Zuckerberg, the hoodie-wearing 20-year-old who, only a few years ago, gave it business cards that read, I'm CEO and B-I-T-C-H. So uh, it's got the usual mythical, mythical beginnings, etc., and how there's so many companies interested in the data that's put up there freely by every idiot in the, in the planet and, um, and how much money they're raking in off of all of you. Just, just staggering. But yeah, Bono's in with big investments too because, uh, yeah, he, he, he likes helping out charities, you know, and stuff like that. Now, <laughs> Germany, they went full steam ahead. Uh, with uh, bailing out Europe, of course, primarily, and um, and also to do with environments, uh, really sunk itself with its own manufacturing of, of uh, solar power and, and wind power and all the rest of it, because they were getting more money out uh, to, to companies in China to do the same thing, and the Chinese were making them far cheaper. So they undercut and killed their own system off, basically. 
But Angela Merkel sacks her Environment Minister, German face-off renewable energy, Norbert Rotgen, it says. So she sacked Environment Minister Robert Norgen, Rotgen for having been routed in state elections in North Rhine, Westphalia. Rotgen was a leading minister in Merkel's cabinet, was responsible for overseeing the country's shift to renewable energy in the wake of the Fukushima disaster. Well, that was just an excuse for them to go this thing that they'd already planned. Read, read H.G. Wells, A Modern Utopia. He talks about uh, windmills and all the rest of it now. Rotgen has also been a favourite of Merkel and soon became the face of German renewable energy and a leading proponent of global CO2 reductions through binding United Nations treaties. Remember, the UN is a front for all these private corporations uh, that also come out of the Club of Rome and set up their own companies to trade and all the CO2 stuff. Rotgen even called opponents of renewable energies and power utility managers fear-mongers, and critics have often warned that Germany's rush to renewables had been reckless, hasty, blind, and not even thought out, and now risks wreaking havoc on the German economy. I read an article about a month ago where millions of homes are out every night in Germany with lighting because they've really screwed it all up. Under Rotgen, uh, since Fukushima, electricity prices nationwide have skyrocketed and most solar manufacturing plants in Germany have become insolvent after raking off billions off the public, of course, shedding thousands of job, jobs. Earlier this year, Rotgen was forced to knee-jerk react by implementing reductions in the nation's solar feed-in tariffs, which fueled anger and loud protests from the solar industry and powerful interest groups. Powerful interest groups, again, are all connected to the Club of Rome that came up with all this, this rubbish in the first place. But they make sure they have their own corporations to take it over, eh? Moreover, since Fukushima, Rotgen led Germany's ambitious offshore wind energy program, but has failed to provide the necessary power grid expansion and transmission lines needed to take the energy to markets onshore and deep into southern Germany. Today, this necessary infrastructure is nowhere in sight. In summary, Rotgen managed to march Germany into an energy debacle in just a year's time as power grid is faced with the risk of collapse. The whole power grid in Germany is faced with the risk of collapse. That's uh, wonderful crisis creation, isn't it? Crisis creation and austerity. Back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm back, cutting through the matrix. And Australia that's getting hammered right now under Gillard, uh, that's why they put her in now. These people, are, they're told years ahead when they're getting put in by their bosses. Same in the States, same in Canada. It's just, they're all given their turns, you know, you, you'll be in you know, 10 years from now and yada yada yada. Anyway, it's time to put her in as a, as a good target for the wrath of the public by bringing in massive austerity, opening up the, the free trade to its maximum and shipping everything off to China and uh, leaving massive unemployment at home and still pushing for austerity and again even putting farmers out under the CO2 acts because they can't grow anything on the land because they're now deemed as carbon sinks. Isn't that wonderful? The stroke of a pen. You should be terrified of governments. Governments are dangerous things to have. You understand that? At the stroke of a pen, they can alter anything overnight. Just like that. And change and disrupt thousands of people or millions. It doesn't matter to them. Doesn't matter at all. You see? Because I've lost touch with reality. They, the people in government don't look upon government the same way as you do. 
They're, they're taught that they're the natural rulers, you see. And they pick them young, very young, a lot of them. Just like you see all these organizations today creating the future leaders of tomorrow. They pick them up at the age of 12 or younger and train them for their positions. That's what they do. And, of course, they don't grow up with any idea of democracy. Remember, the Club of Rome said we're post-democratic. You have the facade of democracy, nothing else. So we're all to be treated like children, you see, and our betters are in charge. Anyway, Australia actually has, they say that um, they've, got, they've identified gas reserves that keep them up to the rate of current production for nearly two centuries. Two centuries. Meanwhile, they're slamming the public there with energy prices as they export this stuff abroad. It says that um, they've, they've already uh, identified gas resources, excluding shale gas, of about 390 trillion cubic feet, which equate to 184 years of gas production at the current rate. Uh, this this uh, report confirms Australia's capacity to continue to be a major gas exporter. Where are they exporting it to China, folks? Because China is the one that must come up and up and up and up. The big boys planned that a long time ago. Do you really think the Chinese pull themselves up by their bootstraps? We gave all the technology to China. We gave them all the manufacturing processes. We trained their engineers in Canada and the rest of the world for 30-odd years before they had a factory to work in in China. And then we sent the factories over to them through the GATT Treaty. And you paid for all your taxes. Oh, anyway... So anyway, yeah, so most of the stuff is going to be exported off to the ones who did it most, the up-and-coming nation, which is China. While the folk uh, have to go into utter deep austerity back home, plus they're hammered with carbon taxes and things. Just amazing. Government, 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 eh? Same thing in the States, too. The, the U.S. Post Office just released uh, a law. They just passed it, just like that. Overnight, boom. Uh, they starting on the 18th, I think it was. Uh, to be that uh, anything with um, uh, the lithium batteries in it, cell phones, compute laptops, anything, would not be allowed to travel uh, by post anymore, especially to overseas or even imported uh, into the States with uh, the batteries in them. So back and forth, uh, they're banned, basically. Just like that. Just like that. That's what governments can do. They could easily ban you all from driving a car more old, older than four years old tomorrow. Just like that. That's how it really is, folks. That's how it really, really is. And you grovel to them and you allow them to get away with it. Because, you see, you're not really interested. Your betters control everything. You don't want to be bothered with big decisions that affect your life. Let them deal with it above you. That's the talk of an extinct species, folks. From Hamish, myself, from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me, your God or your God's go with you. <laughs>